Welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. I'm Timothy Saylor, and I'm going to be your host this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Coming at you from the back of an 86 Dodge Ram van on the rolling foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in the Great Forest, deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga. This is radio for the hauntological turn. And welcome back, Nightbirds. I've got a great episode for you this evening. I was joined by artist, environmental educator, and spirit worker Steve Niner. Steve shared his story with me, and along the way we talked about initiation, ancestral medicine, working with the spirits of the land, fairy, saints, druids, and so much more. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, let's fly. Can I swear? You can swear all you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be I would be screwed if uh, I couldn't swear. My last name is Sailor, and it shows. <laughs> Steve Niner, welcome to Nightbird Radio. Well, it's great to be here. Here, this is my first um, being a guest on a podcast. So, this oh, is really? Great. Yeah, yeah. So, this surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. You're cool. Um, so I've, you know, I have mentioned you a couple times on here. Only last time did I give your name, uh, because I figured I'd invite you on, um, talking. Cause I talk a lot. I just talk a lot about the ancestral medicine process. That's been really cool. But before we get into some of that, did you have any, what, what were some of the experiences you had early in life that led you to this magical life? Has it always been something that you've been aware of that you've felt around you or was there a kind of a moment? Yeah, but there's a sequence of moments, I think. Um, my life was pretty good up until I was about eight. And, but it was, it had started going wrong then. And I was at a, um, a, a, a kind of a private, which means my parents paid for it, school for kind of middle-class boys in south of London. And I started getting into more and more trouble. And um, it, it, it culminated in me, um, I was keeping having to do kind of punishment stuff, like going on Saturdays and do punishment stuff. And it just, I just got more and more miserable and more and more pissed off. And in the end, uh, one of these Saturdays, I freaked at the teacher doing it and I lost, lost my rag at him. And, um, the following Monday, I had to spend the whole day outside the headmaster's study. And at the end of the day, he beat me. And he, my parents up at this point until I came home covered in bruises, um, um, just didn't believe for, for what was going on. And when I came home with the bruises, they believed. So they then, you know, the guy would have been done for child abuse now. Okay. Um, but he, I they took then took me away from that school 
and sent me to a boarding school. And that's when, and it was during this period, they kind of got a diagnosis that I was dyslexic. Okay, so once that was in place and I had that little kind of um, thing to kind of hang over my head or whatever, I kind of went through uh, two, two others, yeah, two other schools for kind of middle-class problem children because I became more and more entrenched as, as a rebel and fought the system and wouldn't be told and got yeah and then change school similar thing just keep i just thought or you know the, the good things about both the boarding schools i was at it was they were both out in the country they were both out in the woods and i love being out in the woods and i suppose the other thing kind of that kind of played into this was um I really, um, when I was about 13, 14, I, I was because the schools were Church of England. I was going, going through the confirmation to be confirmed. And I went through it and I loved the stories and thought it, this was it. And when I went through the ceremony, I realized it was utter bullshit and that I had more experience of the holy of uh of of the, 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 the of, of creation out in the woods than i did i've never been to church or taken communion ever since that point i've been in churches but i've never participated in a christian ceremony since that point and thanks for sharing that i you know i relate to that a lot because i i had problems in school too and it turned out, you know, they medicated me. So similar kind of thing going on where it's, they just kind of don't, the system isn't really designed to like engender actual growth or bring you up in any way besides the way that they seem to want you to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. That's my experience. At least I hated school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, so let's talk about some of those experiences of the holy that you mentioned what were some of those experiences is there anything um that you want to share about or is it just a, a general I, I suppose it was just knowing that it was magnificent you know it was yeah. just that, that, that it, there was life there and i was part of it and i was free and um i got blown away by a sunset or whatever it was, or I was fishing, or I was out in a sailboat, or whatever. It was, I knew that was the real world, and the human world was was just fucking bullshit. It was just, I wasn't part of that world. Yeah, and I think um, there's healing there, right? I don't know. It's just kind of crazy when you come up in this system and don't experience any kind of real healing. And then you go out into nature and that's where you find the healing. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where it is, yeah. but it's mind blowing at the same time to, to experience it. And, and I, the, the next day, so at school and the more I kind of, um, it, you know, I got more and more, 
sophisticated in my fighting. I mean, one of the interesting things was there was a a film by a British filmmaker called Lindsay Anderson, and he made this film called If. And it was basically was about a bunch of kids at a school exactly like mine who stole um, weapons from the armory because the schools all had a cadet force. And then at a specific point set up and started being shooters in the, in the school. And I, that, I saw that the film, I think after I'd left school, but it blew me away because that was my fantasy. And I'd literally started stealing ammunition from the armory. It was my fantasy. I, I would have been a child shooter. Isn't it crazy to you that? Okay, this just this just got my mind moving because I think it's wild that people act so surprised that things like this are happening when yeah. the the system is designed to make soldiers. Yeah, like we based our school system after the Prussian school system. That was that was the goal of it was to create <laughs> soldiers, yeah. and then we wonder why these things happen. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I would have been, if I was a kid in, in the US, I would have been a fucking shooter, man. You know? Yeah. Oh, it man, was it's... my plan. It was my fantasy. I had it all planned out. I knew where I was going to have the guns. I knew what I was doing. I would spend every day I was, I was on punishment duty, kind of planning what, how I would do it and what I would do it. I would have been a shooter. And so that's a crossroad, right? Yeah. So what brought you away from that? Well, because I left I left school um, when I was about 16, which was kind of late 1966. And I went straight into art school and um, hippiedom was calling. And, um, you know, I was within a year, I was taking LSD and I was smoking hashish on a regular basis. And I just became, I just went, yeah, these are my people. This is what I want to do. I love getting high. So, you know, it's, it, it was, it was the LSD that probably pulled me out of it. It was, you know, we had really, really good LSD and it was very strong and very pure. It was, you know, it was being coming straight in from kind of California, basically. It was yeah, back when it was real stuff. It was real top quality. Yeah. So, I probably got a little bit of this, but this is a question that I like to ask everyone. Um, so, what were you afraid of as a child? I just think I suppose the losing of my identity. The, the, me being crushed by 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 the system. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it was an. Uh, um, I think I came into life kind of in a sense, you know, with in a way an an awareness that I'd signed up for this. And, 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 and the acid 
kind of absolutely confirm that. Okay, yeah. So now is this where we're getting into your sort of magical origin story is when you started doing spirit work? Is that around that time? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I was just a hippie. <laughs> you know, I was just a young hippie doing young hippie things. Yeah, you know? doing hippie shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and but I was kind of, um, I was very kind of involved in student politics, hippie student politics. I was kind of, I was for local representative um, with all the, for the UK kind of underground magazines. Um, we put on film shows, we put on art exhibitions, we did kind of guerrilla art. Um, I very much base what I was doing on Ken Kesey and Merry Pranksters. Um, you know, yeah, it was in, in a sense, um, in a sense, it was uh, it was a lifestyle rather than me being specifically, oh, I'm doing magic or doing that. That came a bit later. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I think art is kind of like that gate, one of those gateways too. And, I mean, obviously LSD helps, but, <laughs> like, getting involved with art too. Um, yeah. For me, that was a big one, right? When I started writing, it was like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to this world and I can, this is a place that I can not only go, but sort of bring things back from. And I don't know that I knew it at the time, but I think that was a beginning for me. Um, so if we want to continue tracing that line, you mentioned that it was just sort of a lifestyle and you didn't um, see it as you were doing magic. When did you start to see that? I think I was, well, in a, in a sense, I was, um, because I was stoned all the time, you know, the, um, it, 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 and it was about, um, there was a real vibe about we're going to change the world and um, there was a huge optimism at that point, you know, it, 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 there was... And and I suppose the next really pivotal point was, you know, we 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 had a little um, a little a little kind of performance group like the pranksters, and we go around doing gigs and stuff like that, and you know, you hang out with different people, and you know, all all sorts of interesting things. And then I think the um, I was kind of I got. I got into the supply side of drugs in London, and um, I think this one. This was another major point. Was kind of um, being being busted by 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 um, London Drug Squad, and um, who yeah, that'll who, do it. Who 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 had somebody had grasped us. Uh, we had large amounts of clear light acid thousands of tabs we had and um and they came in through every door i was taken in the cells i was beaten up in the cells and um it scared the shit out of me and um it it, it was kind of was that oh no yeah no actually previous to this experience there had been the um 
first kind of Glastonbury um, free festival, rock festival. And I'd, um, I was tripping as I always was. And um, this child guru, a guy called Guru Maraji, appeared on stage. And I felt a drawn to him, a magnetism to it. And then I forgot about it. I got into the dealing, got busted. And I was so shaken up by being the, the bust and being beaten up and stuff like that. But I I went and did the initiation into the, the, the Indian pop guru stuff. Okay. And I kind of I kept up the practice in that. I fought. I fought it. I, I I went in and out of it for a bit because they wanted everybody to cut their hair, and I thought, "Fuck, I'm not going to cut my hair. That's kind of not what I'm going to do." And um, I fought it, but I I kind of kept in and out of it on my own um, way. And then I I suppose I spent this is about seventy one, seventy two, something like this through then and then um i would had was living in brighton which is a, a seaside town south of london and i had a house there and i was it was my house and i ended up kind of like the only one working it in it everybody else was dusting around while i was working and keeping it all together and in the end i left that and went and lived in the spots up in london i walked out of my house and um, I kind of, in a sense, the the guru thing actually saved my life. Probably, I was already, you know, doing lots of cocaine, and you know, just I was on slippery slope time, you know. Yeah, I'm um, very familiar with those slopes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar experience and I was arrested for selling drugs. And what I tell people sometimes is that I, when I look back, I can see like the hand of something like plucking me up, you know, because especially nowadays it is deadly. Yeah. Um, I, th I, I mean, I, I, it was exactly the same. My, um, dealing partner who had got busted with um he didn't get beaten up i pulled out i stopped dealing i did a little bit of weed but you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> he did, he, i stopped the big stuff but it, it was um it it was he didn't get beaten up he ended up doing prison time i never did prison time i just got a fine he ended up doing prison time and he ended up committing suicide and um, yeah, that happens I, a lot I know that the cop who beat me up actually did me a favor because he scared mm. shit out of me, you know? I'm yeah. grateful to him, you know? Yeah, that gratitude is something that's really difficult to explain to someone. But um, it's, yeah, I, I have the same feeling. You know, I went, I went away for uh, about three months I spent in jail, um, really because I was stupid. And ran away on warrants i was smoking a cigarette in like too close to a train station <laughs> and this cop stopped me to give me a warning and that was it you know extradited uh 
to where I had the charges. And it would be so easy to sit there and say, man, fuck that cop. Fuck that situation. You know, in my journey, it's just an immense source of gratitude. Like you said, it's just nothing but gratitude because I'm here now. And um, yeah, so thanks for sharing that. That's I relate to that a lot. Yeah. And it was this time in Brighton when I started getting into the magic. It was then I started, um, you know, in a sense, wanting to try to find out what the, I had been experiencing and trying to make sense of it. And um, I'd had some, in a sense, trying to um, process what I'd experienced on the psychedelics. Um, you know, kind of, where was it? So I kind of came, you know, started getting, you know, the Book of Thoth and being into Crowley and Dear Fortune. And, and I started getting more, you know, more and more into it. But then it, I kind of, um, yeah, I kind of, having gone back to London, I went back to college. I did a kind of postgraduate kind of vocational thing. And I started straightening myself up. And so I, I then just cut everything back. And from then, from about 1970, um, about 74, 75, something like that, 76 punk time, um, I I I kind of I just did um meditation and I used the I Ching and I started I was starting to hear about permaculture and stuff and started studying all that. And I did that until two thousand. That's all I did. I didn't I was working I, by that time I my son was you know, I kind of got into kind of family stuff and and um it wasn't until so but that gap from the, the late 70s to 2000 i was just doing this really really simple stuff i was probably drinking too much and i yeah but but i i, I was keeping um you know really in, in a sense i was i um it was a, it was like i was a sleeper the last time i took acid was I? Um, I was given a vision that there was like a steel steel. It was like being in the hold of a ship with great big steel plates above my head, and I was kind of told that I wasn't I wasn't going to be able to get high again that way. And so it was just doing the meditation and and the I Ching, and that was for thirty years. So what changed around the the turn of the millennium? Um my partner at the time, we had a young baby. She she was um yeah, she was one. Um 2001, just before, about a week before 9-11. Okay. Um my partner was a filmmaker and she got headhunted for a job to make a film. To, to series produce some TV stuff for Canadian TV. And we rented out a house in London and um, went and lived in Montreal. And it was within about a week or so of being in Montreal, suddenly the shutters went up 
and I, I suddenly um, was a really good bookstore down the road and I started finding stuff about shamanism and a whole bunch of stuff that had been, you know, I'd been making my art. My art was all very kind of shamanic kind of like, and I, but I didn't really know about it. And it, it was, and it was like, oh fuck, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm into, <laughs> you know. Ah, you know. Yeah. And 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 it, it was like the the shutters opened, and suddenly um, things opened up for me. And and we there was some really profound stuff um, in in the couple of years spent in Canada. You know, I I started studying because um, I. I'd been to the States quite a few times, three, four times um, in that 30-year gap. But I, you know, it was never for very long. Um, you know, I suppose about six weeks, eight weeks, a couple of months was the longest stretch in Florida. But it, it was, um, it, it, it was, I realised I knew nothing about the, uh, the North American wilderness or wildness and if i was going to be and we thought at the time we were going to be always we were going to live there and i kind of um came across I, um this thing about a, um, a guy called john young who started the wilderness awareness school in seattle he was trained by tom brown jr who did the tracker and all that kind of wilderness stuff and the, the thing that kind of prompted me into this is uh, I, I was still kind of coming from my career for that 30 years was in the arts. I, I kind of, um, you know, had a, a good career painting theatre scenery in London. So I was really involved in the arts. I earned my living by by making art. And, um, <laughs> but... but uh, it, there was a book by, uh, 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 I think she's Canadian, called Susie Gablick, an art critic. And she wrote this book about called Conversations at the End of Time. I think about 99, somewhere like that, it was published. And it was great. And she was going, um, she was talking to different artists about what they were, how, what was the function of art with kind of environmental meltdown. You know, is art just like moving the chairs of the Titanic, or does it actually have anything to 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 add? And one of the, there was a couple from LA, and they'd gone off and trained with Tom Brown, who who does you know it's all bushcraft stuff, survival bushcraft stuff, and he's really good. And um, John John Young was his first student, and he started the Wilderness Awareness which was basically native um, earth-based spirituality with, um, with kind of field biology. So, you know, you're doing um, awareness stuff out in the, in, in, in the bush, but you're also using your guidebooks and you're, you know, you're learning the species. And, and it, it worked really, really quickly and it really opened me up. It was really good. Starhawk did a really, really good path book on this called the earth path but with the same it was that book was really important because it was the first i i had all my different 
compartments you know like with my permaculture hat my spiritual hat my activist hat my self-development hat you, you know they, all these different they all things. kind of converge there yeah and she pulled it all together in that one book and and it was that was that was really good and and what happened was it, i got really opened up again um we had a cabin down near the vermont woods um, just across the border in Quebec. And I spent, a, you know, I was doing house dad. So I would go down there with baby daughter and then head off into the woods whenever I could. And um, kind of, uh, um, I was then told by the spirits of the land there um, to, to, to go back to my, go back to, to the UK. They, 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 I was told that North, North America's karma wasn't mine, but the UK's karma was. Oh, wow. You know, that's really cool. So, what brought, so you're in Wales now? Yeah. And what brought you, what brought you there? Um, I, well, I've, you know, for a long time, I've wanted to do this kind of, um, permaculture project basically i i wanted to uh i i I really love the whole idea of of forest gardens and stuff like that and i um i kept i've kept trying to do this i've had this vision dream you know mission that i've had for years and it kept coming and i would kept trying to get bits of land or would be offered bits of land and it would fuck up and i was it was again and again and again i did it and i think i put in a a question to gordon about it when something collapsed um probably it was um it was probably early yeah 2019 kind of um covid time and during lockdown and i but just before that all happened i was going to go be starting this this whole thing down in in glastonbury and i've got a place to live down there and um it was all sorted and it died and i i was moaning to gordon probably in, in the Q&A or whatever it was, and just saying, you know, why is it fucking not work? Why why does it, it you know, it, it not work? And a, a fellow Rune Super, um, who I we'd met at a book launch up in London, I think when we launched one of the Scarlet Imprint books, and we'd got talking about permaculture, and he just kind of messaged me, um, kind of it was about New Year 21, Yes, so it's only just a year. And he said, I've got some land. Do you want to come up? And and that's why. And I kind of broke lockdowns and kind of came up here, looked at it, and then moved up here just, just over a year ago. So it just opened it up just like that. Yeah, it was like waiting for it. And I Yeah, so thought, what do you think about all those? Because... And this is a question that I just want to know personally because it's I just want to know what you think about it. What what do you think about those um failures on the way to it? What what did you what did those teach you or what was the like what like what is the purpose of it, you know? 
to you in your mind? Um, it was, I, I mean, I, I think about it now. I think, thank fucking God that, that none of the others worked. You okay, know? Yeah. So this was the one for you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the spirits, my team, my spirits literally knew it was going to happen. And it was about me needing to get the, 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 the skill sets in place. And have done the groundwork, done the experience. I mean, I literally, I didn't have anywhere. And I was plant, I was growing trees in pots. I had all the tools. Anytime I had spare money, I would buy tools or all, all the kit. So when this happened, I kind of got bang and I could hit the ground. Basically, oh, nice. yeah, it with was just... everything in place. And I was doing it without knowing what was going to happen, you know? Yeah. I love that. That's really good to hear. Because I've had I, some... Oh, go yeah, ahead. come on. No, you go I, I, I think it's... To, to go back to what Rewind just slightly, I think... I think... Well, my experience is, is my spirits had a had had a plan for me. And I think it's... It's my spirit... It's the spirit team, but I think it's also... It's like the, ho- the, hi- the higher self, the holy guardian angel... I think it's it's that kind of soul contract thing that that we've got a job to do, and yeah, and and in a way, you know, you go, you know, I'd go, fuck, why is why isn't this working? You know, and I'll throw all the magic at it, everything, fucking seagulls, everything, you know, why is it fucking not working? Why is it not working? You know, a bang, you know, yeah, and it's it's. It's it's about patience. It's it's trusting that that one's higher self actually knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah, that's good to hear for me because I just had a recent one where it was like I did all the magic for it, and I thought it was just like exactly what I was supposed to be doing. It was like a chance uh, rekindling of this friendship. Um, and it just opened up this opportunity. I went out west um, to Arizona, and it just it just failed. It just wasn't. It didn't work, you know. And so I was really I'm just like, well, what the fuck, you know? Like this was supposed to be the thing, but was it like <laughs> you know like obviously not right that was my estimation yeah and i you know have since it's come into context for me right like like no i mean i can see again where i was really being held the whole time and it's just funny because i've tried to leave georgia so much but i'm always brought back and at this point, I'm just, I'm happy. I'm like, oh, you know, I really fucking love this place. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I love the woods. I love the rivers. Like, I had been doing a lot of working with the land and the spirits of the land before I left as a way of, you know, kind of saying goodbye. But then I go out and it's like, no, you're not done here yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I I mean it, it, it it's interesting because I I think 
I th my experience is that uh, in a way we are only given a certain amount of information and that probably probably if we knew it wasn't the real thing we wouldn't really get the lessons from it we would think oh well it, this isn't it but it won't right. be fun but actually we have to because of where we're at and our you know, our, um, you know, I think a lot of being here is about educate, being educated. We're being taught something, and and actually, if I think we have to just go with the lessons, and and, and in a way, I yeah, I I mean, I don't regret any of it now, you know, yeah, it, because. It, 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 it's um, it's the same with relationships. You can think, you know, why is this? But you know, you fall in love with somebody and it's wonderful, and then it all goes fucking wrong, and you think, why have I done it? But actually, then there's gold in there. There's lessons. There is, you know, um, this this. It's how we learn. I think we learn learn through actually things not working it, it, i think that's what part of our path and in a way it's kind of it, it's 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 holding on and trusting for that actually you know one's higher self actually knows what the fuck's going on and just trust them and you just you know we it, i always think it's a bit like that that scene in one of the indiana jones films you know like when he, he's he's trying to cross the abyss yeah totally and, and, and the stones aren't there so he has to throw some dirt right and the stones and the stone behind him immediately disappears that to me has been my my life path like that <laughs> you know yeah that's a good image yeah yeah i, th I think it's all about yeah, I, I mean, I, I really do think that we, 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 especially, you know, it, it, being a magician and actually doing that work and actually being at home in that work and being, you know, we, we have literally we have a job to do, and and in a way, I think it's that we, um, we carry it for others who aren't but that has always been the role of a shaman in, 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 yeah. in a way yeah in a way i think it's i sometimes play with the idea it's like being a cultural shaman as shaman but in a fact it, it's how we um we are like the in a way um we're changing the culture by changing ourselves yeah, I, I feel that way about um, my recovery journey too. Um, you know, like, and I, I feel it's it's very shamanic because I go through this experience and I reach this deep, deep, dark place, this underworld journey of addiction, and but now that I'm out of it, and that I have done it, I am now able to share that experience and and give a little hope to someone that's in it you know what i mean because it's it's easy to forget what it was like to be there yeah yeah but there are yeah. people that are there yeah they're there right now yeah 
And I wouldn't be able to do that if I hadn't gone there. Like I got, you have to go to the cave, right? Which is why, you know, exactly why kind of like mainstream medicine doesn't help because the people haven't been there. So you can't, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? You know, in a sense, one needs to um, know the medicine. One needs to have experienced it. And I think we we actually... um, you know, in, in a sense, I think we're, we, we, because we're all, um, you know, we're, we're, I think this is where the ancestors come in, in a sense, but we, because we are the representative of, of, the, of, of, of humans and a specific, um, kind of tribal or, um, a, spe- a specific point of, Type a certain type of human, okay. We've come from our different places, wherever we come, and we are the representatives of that embodied of those that those those lineages. And actually, by us kind of um, transforming ourselves, and we, we it's, it's alchemical. We are literally transforming the collective unconscious. You know, you know. I've got. I've got. A theory for there's been so many people getting out their heads one way or another for since the sixties or if not beforehand with the beats and people like that, but it's been really consistent for a long time. We've actually shifted stuff. We have shifted for general consciousness. Maybe that's why it's so fucking weird at the moment. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. And I think too that like weird will rise up kind of in the same way I see prayer rising up as a response to suffering. Like there will always be kind of a, um, not opposing, that's not the word I'm looking for, but a complementary force almost. Like if there's suffering, then prayer will rise up to meet it, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I think it's the same with like, yeah, as bad weird as things might get like there's gonna be some good weird too (laughs) like good and bad are so like those aren't even like you know what i mean like maybe oppression and freedom would be a better yeah a better dichotomy not that i'm super into those either um but you mentioned ancestors and so that's a great segue um and so where did the ancestor medicine where did that work you know what let me backtrack real quick do you want to talk a little bit about that, the ancestral medicine process, a little bit? Yeah, I. Um, what well, my journey into it, or, or, or okay, I've yeah, actually maybe got, you know if yeah maybe a little bit of if you can interweave them. I tell you, I tell you what there is because which you can then link to on in the show is yeah. I did I did a little film. A oh, YouTube cool. on an introduction to an- ancestral medicine. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, I'll link that for so, sure. So I can give you can link that, and then you've got all the you've got that all those stories cool. in a way. But I think um, I think it the, for me the ancestor thing is is so much. Um, it's part of that that deal 
of uh, of of who um of 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 what my higher self is it has or or the greater part of me which i'm just a the, the embodied representative of is wants to happen and it clicked a whole bunch of stuff into place it, um it clicked um i really really like the the, the ritual container that works with ancestral medicine i use it for everything now you, you know it it's so clean it's like um it, it it's basically create do, doing a magic circle in your imagination just yeah spin, it's been great for me to spinning it around you yeah yeah just from one session that we had yeah. which is great but then i've had kind of continued to work off of that in my practice but it's helped with my journeying yeah just the process that we went through or that i went through with you in that session has given me i don't know it it almost like just increased my confidence with journeying to where I'm not questioning it really. I'm just letting it go, right? Yeah. And I'm letting the spirit lead. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, I'm really pleased. That's great. Yeah, I meant it's I think I, I had a talk with um with Daniel. Um I I, I emailed him because I, I wanted, you know, because Daniel's, you know, he 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 was really into chaos magic early on. He's done everything. He's done the psychedelics. He's done all that. And um, I, I, I asked him about kind of about what you know how how did it come to him the the kind of sophistication and simplicity of the system. And he he said. Um, I, I said, was it because you know he practiced his Ifa, Yoruba stuff? That's his personal part, you know, practice. And I said, was it? Was it that? And he sent me an audio kind of message about it, and and he said it it, it was already forming before he got involved with Ifa, 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 whatever it is. But but he. Um, he said, actually, what it is, it was necessity. It was the spirits, the ancestors, the old ones saw it, that we needed help. Yeah, and like in this moment. Yeah, yeah. And they stepped forward and they given gave him this process. And he said, yeah, he's tweaked it a bit. But basically, they gave it to him. And that's what he, you know, shares. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad they gave him the process because it really does, to me, the more I look at it, the more it, it appears as if we like live in ruins. We, more so than being uh, in a society of progress or in a place of... Um, you know in a place of advancement or something it's like the world is kind of post-apocalyptic already yeah yeah absolutely in that sense because we don't have as a on a wider scale and that not that i'm not even saying that to sound dire or not it is dire but to be un, not hopeful either right but just to really 
to show the place that we've gotten to where we're that disconnected. It's it's really mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think it's uh, uh, in in a way it's needing to push more and more extreme because that makes it so much easier for people to wake up. You know. Yeah. And because if you know, you know, I know from my own life, in a way we touched it early on, you know, basically I've learned most where where because I fucked up, you know. And it's it, it's you you we don't look we're perverse humans, we don't learn from the good times. <laughs> you know? Yeah, hardly remember them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really it's fucking weird, that <laughs> you know? it really is. It's a yeah. hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I spend all this time trying to get them, and then when they're there, they pass. <laughs> yeah, like sand, right. like sand yeah. through your fingers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think obviously it's why we came here, and I think that I can see myself like as a spirit with all this bluster, being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go there, and I'm gonna have, you know, no connection to my ancestors for generations." To live in this society, yeah, I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, watch, what hold my beer, you know. <laughs> and I'm here, and I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's wild. I had a um, I got a buddy that's been on this podcast a couple times, Michael Simon. He posed this question to me, um, maybe yesterday, the day before. Because we were talking about just the current discourse. And he said, well, what is a man even? What is a man? And he meant it in the context of, you know, like a man. Like, what is a man? And my only answer that I could give him, and it's kind of based on doing this work, is that we don't have any. Because that lineage has been broken. That used to be something that you were initiated into. And we don't have that system of initiation. I think initiation does happen, but it's, I think that, you know, in a sense, gang culture has its initiations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, addiction for me was initiation. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think what, what, what um, we haven't got, is is like I mean, and I think that was is for tragedy and it's back to the psychedelics is that um that because of be, them being illegal which are t- still totally here I mean weed is illegal here still. yeah here too yeah Enjoy. so so it, it's the people with the elders in a way it was it's the lack of bit of elders we don't have elders mm. because old people most old people aren't aren't fucking elders but, but, but most of them are fucking adolescents i was gonna say i feel uh, like we're all children <laughs> yeah i mean we're back to John Young in the Wilderness Awareness School, one of the things he, he taught said that actually what we are, and I really took this on board, is what we are is elders in training. We literally are training to be elders for young people. You right. know, And in that sense, training because, to be ancestors too, right? Yeah, because that's, you go from elder to ancestor. Yeah, actually, I hadn't thought of it like that. That's really good. Yeah, but I meant that, that is it. But actually, because, you know, most, 
you know, people go on about, oh, you've got to respect the elderly and stuff. Yeah, you respect everybody, but they could be fucking, you know, you know, they could be right interesting and and clever and and actually know a fucking thing or two you know yeah yeah there's a different kinds of respect i think right yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean i think that is that if you read um I, um you know maladomi somi who died recently he was kind of um a west african shaman and he he wrote a lot about initiation and and that's what we miss i mean you've got things like um what's it the lost borders people who do all the um the the the, the vision quest stuff because that's all about initiation it's coming and i meant in a sense that the 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 people you know like all going off into going to the jungle to get the initiative to get to do stuff and working with the wise but we we haven't um our western culture is it has broken we we don't have those the wise ones we don't have the elders and i think that breaking is will also be the catalyst for it right because we're going to need it yeah more and, than ever it, right <laughs> Yeah, but it take it takes time to build because you can't, you, you know, you can't um, you can't short circuit wisdom, you know, right. <laughs> you know. That's why the education system's fucked, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it, and these things go take generations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So let's see. Yeah, I wanted to hear a little about a little bit about your experience with whales. Um, it sounds like to me, maybe it was a situation where you did. Is, is that even a like a place that you saw yourself? And since you've been there, what's been your experience of growing in relation to that to that place? Because I don't know much about whales. I have like a very small amount of ancestry from there, though. So I'm just curious about it. Okay, so so whales is. Um... It, it, it's kind of a, the, the western fringes so it was um it was the last stronghold of the druids right here where i live now oh cool um, so it was the place of resistance to the roman empire oh awesome yeah that's good okay. that's so, good imagery so the, 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 it was and there are woods around here basically on the land i work with on the edges of those lands where the people um literally melted into woods and up until you know 14 1500s people couldn't yeah when they were doing doomsday book which was 10 hundreds something like that but um they would send surveys off to to try to for the normans to try to find out what was going on and they would all disappear because there were people in the woods you know and in the mountains and stuff like that and it's um um the magic for the land spirits the kind of ancestral linkage which is pretty much the same thing the land the the is very close to the surface here so it's um it it, it it's amazed me how 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 you 
how connected we and I've got into it. And we there's a group of us for starting doing a monthly um Zoom thing with um Welsh saints or Celtic saints where we're going because you, there's so many holy wells and little old churches and saints that do really weird shit. And you know, you've got things like saints whose wife was a saint and their kids were saints and things like this, you know, oh, yeah. and you've got hereditary saints and saints who who are basically druids and saints that that have, have weird kind of relationships with birds and animals and it yeah it's it it's weird and so we're doing this monthly um zoom meeting we've done two so far where we're we're basically asking them for for their job description so we're going to a saint who's he's got loads of you know stories and legends and plays so and we go you know we don't know what candles they like or what do they want as offerings we don't know how to work them because that's not there so, so we, we're all as a group journeying to them and i and recover that rescue. almost or yeah yeah we're doing a recovery with them yeah oh, that's really cool and talk about man talk i got goosebumps when you were talking because it's a another thread kind of that you had mentioned before of all these this convergence of all these different things. So this is a convergent a convergence of ancestors, spirits of the land, saints, you know, kind of all coming together in this point and converging there, right? Yeah, I mean I see it I um for me I see it as fairy. So yeah. it that's the name you know for me works as what the other world is and it's just full of weird weird beings and right. and they are you know the experiences i've had since it's like um some of these saints these spirits are really wanting are really right with us on this project and i mean right early on with a project we had um there were huge what kind of had found on journeying into the land and what was happening um for, for and i think this is generally happens is that um uh well it confirms something i found out in canada that that um kind of uh humans channel land spirits so what happened to me when i was in canada doing it um where where we had the cabin i'd cut the first strand of the barbar fences so it could snowshoe to get down into the woods and come spring and the snow's melted i was going to restring ring restring the barbed wire before the, the farmer put the cattle out and build styles you know wooden steps to get over over the fences so to could get to the woods and i went down there with tools and i'd spent a lot of time in these woods and and was at home with them and was known and had you know some really good experiences there and i went there this time with with tools and wood and all sorts of shit and um the vibe was really really negative it was like fucking white man with tools you know and <laughs> and it was yeah and like, I, like some ants 
yeah, yeah. And I literally had to go and I thought, whoa, this is really different. You know, this isn't what I've experienced here before. And so I, I explained what I was about to do and the vibe immediately lifted. Yeah, and I've I experienced that too. Yeah. Just through communication and just through yeah. an awareness that you're with a living being. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And, and what it showed me was why, that, you know, is why things like um, big construction sites and stuff like that and logging and all that type of stuff, why it, they're so violent. It's because all that, basically, the humans are channeling the pain of the nature spirits and the ancestors. Because in early on, the ancestors merge with, you know, I've done sessions with people where, you know, they come and go to one of their early ones and they're a rock, you know, or, or a tree or a swamp. Yeah. You know what it is? It's like there's a merging with, uh, we, and we all merge in fairy. We all go there. And early on in in um, the work with this piece of land, um, we were really being blocked by some other living humans who work another part of the land. It's part of the consortium of different people that use different bits. And I, I kind of sussed out journeying and kind of inquiring that basically this particular person work three people were basically channeling the um a a kind of small c conservative vibe of nature the the, the nature spirits had seen enough fucking grandiose schemes and were uh. using these humans to to try to chat to they were channeling not knowing they were channeling subconscious channeling yeah. to block things happening and what uh, i did was did the process of um the ancestral medicine process of i went to the ancestors of the land and i went to the ones who lived in right relationship who lived on that land and asked them to put the land, the, the whole, all the spirits, the ancestors into the cocoon, and within a day, the vibe shifted. That's great. Uh, I love hearing that. I love hearing about stuff. That's really cool. That's I'm gonna. That's gonna. That kind of blew my mind up in a little bit. I'm, that's gonna be one that I sit with because that makes a lot of things make sense to me, especially with with a lot of the things that go on here, you know, um, how much weirdness occurs around the mound sites here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and frankly violence, right? Yeah. Um, huh. That's yeah. That's going to definitely one to sit with. We, we're way more sensitive than we think we are. We've been conned into thinking we're, we're, you know, these self-contained little individual units that isn't affected by anything. We're not, you know, that, that, that happens. In fact, we, it, it, you know, you know, you know, you know, in, you know, the bad vibes around bars or whatever, you know? It, it, yeah, it, totally. It, yeah, and yeah, you can feel yeah. that shift. Yeah. Yeah. 
I remember one of the most frightening moments of my life was um, outside of a concert, and there was a huge crowd. No, not a like people weren't lined up or anything. It was just a huge, massive crowd. People trying to get in the gate, and it had started raining, and everyone's tickets that were printed off from you know like an inkjet printer or wherever they did it had st- had basically melted. Oh God! And <laughs> there was like a huge press to get in and you could feel it in the air just this vibe shifting towards like what really is a stampede right i mean people die in these situations luckily nothing happened like that but you could feel it as in like an electricity or something right yeah yeah just yeah i that's one of the scariest things to me <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it really. It, I used to, um, when my kids were little, um, we very were into football, and we would go to you know, soccer. Yeah, so we'd go to big soccer games sometimes, and I I used to just because I wasn't really that interested, so I would kind of sit sit and and basically meditate and and feel the kind of the the energy moving with oh, yeah. a stadium, you know? Mm-hmm. I used to do that in jail. Yeah. And that's because I don't, you know, obviously like a terrible place, but I've never been in a place that had more charge. Obviously. Right. Cause I've spoken about this on this podcast before. Cause there's a lot of bad things going on, but there's so much prayer happening in there. And when I would do magic in there, it would be like an immediate response. Wow. The stuff would just happen. Really fascinating. And it's like, I don't know. It really was. It was. Because before that, I had been like you were talking about kind of in your story. I was high all the time. So like I was probably experiencing this stuff all the time and just kind of was numbed to it. But this was the first time I had gotten a good chunk of sober thinking. You know, I had gone times where I just drank, but even then I drank a lot when I just drank. Um, so that experience was almost like I've described it as a monastic. Yeah. And so I treated it like that. Because it's also one of those things of it's a pure potentiality. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can be a hell. Or it can be a place of becoming. Yeah, yeah. That's wise. That's good stuff. Yeah. The fairy thing is is a thread that I'd like to pull on more too. Cause I did the rune soup course and there's just so much there that when we did the the fairy queen journey, and for any listeners that haven't done this, runesoup.com, sign up. The courses are available, they're awesome. Um and so I'm not going to go into detail about what this was because that's for you to find out. But in the court of the fairy queen, I saw an ancestor. And this guy was like, as I was leaving, he said, I'll find you. And I'm like, okay, well, are you going to find me? And, you know, impatient, of course, impertinent. Um, it's just part of who I am. <laughs> I'm like, where are you, man? So some time passed, and now when we did our, when I did that session with you, 
we got to three guides for three of my lines. And there's four for those um, who are unaware of the process. There's you have four lines um, of blood. And the one that we didn't get to later on, the other three kind of brought him forward. Yeah, yeah. And it was that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. And you can't make it up. Like, I couldn't write that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah. Um, um, you, you can find me on um, <clears throat> just email, steveniner at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's just the best way to contact me is, is that. I, um, I'm on Twitter, on and off. Yeah, I have a look at it most days. I don't. I used to post a lot. Uh, um, um, my Twitter handle is Heresy and Sedition. Um, it kind of my yeah, my name on Twitter is Wildwood Steve. Um, and I kind of rant occasionally on it. I used to rant a lot, but I don't do it so much. But yeah, it, it, um, that's kind of where where you can find me. And um, I'll I'll give you the we can put in the link for the um, the, the Saint Bothering Zooms. That oh yeah, want to take part in the Saint Bothering? They happen kind of early each month on a Monday evening on kind of eight PM UK time. Um, I'll give you the links for that. Yeah, I'll post anybody, up in the notes. Anybody, you know, these people already from the States already taking part in that. So and it's fun because we, we're just making it up as we go along. We don't really, you know, we, we're starting to get it. We, formula. we started with St. John the Baptist because it was a June one and it was right by his time and day. And, it, and then this last Monday, we did a Welsh saint called St. Bueno. Who, who who kind of specialises in sewing heads back on and returning people's heads, and it was great. Nice. Kind of it went from John the Baptist who lost his head to yeah. Blake, head. I was going to say that's got some cool headless rights. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and and we we we're just playing it around, and it's a it's it's a good session. So people are welcome to join us on that. So I'll get I'll put you the link. Yeah. Or if actually, yes, email me that you'd like to take part, and then I'll send you the Zoom links. And also, so, yeah, send me whatever links you want me to post, and I'll I'll put them up too. Yeah, yeah I do cool. usually promote on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. I put this video up on YouTube for all five of my YouTube yeah. followers. I'd like to thank my five YouTube followers, by the way. You guys are great. <laughs> I really appreciate y'all. It's <laughs> great. Great. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. I've had a great time talking to you. Yeah, it's been great. I loved it. All right. Speak soon. And there you have it. I know this was a great conversation because I thought of so many more questions I would have liked to have asked Steve before I ended the interview. How do you talk to a guy who spends that much time in the woods without asking him if he's seen a Bigfoot? Well, there's always next time. Do you experience weird shit? Have you had experiences that don't lie within the confines of consensus reality with its bogus and bland narratives? 
More importantly, do other people make you feel a little crazy when you talk about it? If you fist pumped or even just said yes to any of these questions, drop me a line at timjsailor at gmail.com. T-I-M-J-S-A-I-L-O-R at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on and hear your story on the show. Remember, you are never alone. I believe you. <laughs>